on Spivey Point. And in case you've forgotten, it's April 21st and a happy birthday for Antonio Bay. Now there's a celebration planned for tonight. So if you're so excited about it, you can't sleep. Well, stay up with me and I'll figure out some way to keep you occupied. Hello and welcome to the Screaming Cinema Podcast. Um, I'm host here, Max, and I'm joined as always by Tyler. Hey, Max. And we got our third co-host on the line here. Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Off to a great start. <laughs> of course. Um, got a good episode here for you guys today. We're going to be discussing a movie that, um, even though it's really popular, I feel like it's still extremely underrated, especially in this uh, director's filmography, and that's uh, The Fog from 1980. Yeah, buddy. Oh, wait. wait we're not doing the 2005 version? <laughs> oh, um let's oh, uh man. let's not let's not and say we did <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about that a little more but uh yeah don't get this confused uh with with that version at all not even close i would like yeah, to see this the dark a... castle version of 2005's the fog yeah well i mean you know it's the, it's the era of that of that horror you know that brand of horror. That is true. You know what? Dark Castle actually has made some pretty good stuff. Like, they have. With like with like House of Wax and Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah. I'll I'll throw those two on anytime. anytime. Dude, exactly. That's what I was saying. Is I mean, like they I made fun of those movies a lot when they were coming out, but they're they're getting re released on like Screen Factory Blu rays and I've been buying them. And I watched House on Haunted Hill. I just bought Thirteen Ghosts and I'm about to buy Ghost Ship, which I watched last summer. Like those movies are super solid. And yeah, the House of Wax one's cool. But anyway, I just was making a stupid joke because <laughs> Dark Castle's an easy punching bag, but they're actually pretty good. They were Platinum Dunes before Platinum Dunes was around. Too, Dude, right? Platinum Dunes, all they have is a quiet place now. Oh yeah, that's true. Because I mean, they were so into the remake game for so long. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they were like they were the Blumhouse, like the 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 less successful Blumhouse, like in the, in less- the late. Uh, you know, two thousands like the less know, they, creative. Yeah, exactly. Blumhouse. Like, so. like they had that Hitcher remake, which is oh uh, god, Sophia Bush. Yeah, um, and Sean <laughs> Bean. Uh, and they did like Friday the Thirteenth uh, and Texas Chainsaw and all those. Texas which, Chainsaw was all right. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that's, it. That's really funny you guys uh, brought that one up because I didn't watch a ton of movies um, since the break, but randomly my wife was like, I want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I throw on the original, and she's like, well, what is this? Not this one, the remake. She immediately went to that one. So um, she's not a huge horror fan, but we, we checked that out, and that was that was fun watching that on the uh, on the projector, especially that intro. It's still, I think, even creepier than the original intro where they have the uh, – um, cameraman go down there and kind of check out the scene of the crime. So there's some good stuff in that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always I've always dug it a lot. Um, you know, I think um, I think it does a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, with what it's given, like pretty pretty scary, pretty uh, pretty gory, uh, pretty pretty brutal. So uh, yeah, always liked it for sure. Uh, and Jessica Bill's not bad to look at either. <laughs> hey, nope. speaking of brutal, um, how about movie theaters? How about that for a transition? Dude, I, I heard to, about okay. uh, Alamo Draft House is closing a ton in uh, locations, aren't they? Yeah, in Dallas, because there's a ton of them in DFW. So I think four of them yep. are closing. I mean, they they said temporarily, um, right. but, I mean, but, but, but I don't know if it's, if it's temporary. I'm pretty sure it's, it's probably permanent. Um, Black Widow's Black Widow's not opening until next May. Yeah, I mean, yeah, completely pushed back another year. Um, I I had my <laughs> hopes that that would be the first one to maybe kick it off, but that dude, yeah, it's, it's done. It's, it's dead. It's, it's dead. It's, it's it's over with. It's over. It's over. I I okay. So I I texted. I can't remember if I texted you as well, Max. But I went to go see Tenet over the weekend. I went to the movies. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. Um, there. The manager that I know at this theater, um, he told me when I walked in. Um, he first he asked me if I just wanted to walk in, and I said no. Please take my money. You guys like need this. <laughs> and yeah. s- second, he said business was down ninety percent, and I was like, holy shit! I mean, like, yeah, you see it on like Box Office Mojo, but like seeing it in person, I mean, so I felt really safe. I was kind of worried about it because normally there's bozos at the movies, but. I went on a Sunday afternoon. It was like pretty rainy. Um, I saw Tenant on Sunday at one, and I went to this like premium theater. So there really wasn't, you know, there's less people in those theaters anyway because they're more expensive. But um, I think there was like three other people in my entire screening. It was That's wild. Crazy. It, it was crazy. really weird, and uh, there was no line for popcorn. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm gonna go see Bill and Ted. I don't know. I was kind of against going to the movies, but like, dude, there was literally nobody there. Like, there was nobody there. So I was like, okay. Um, so I went, and I really enjoyed the movie, for one. So if you guys are up for risking your lives, go see Tenet. <laughs> um, yeah. Was, it, was, I, it was wild. I was actually going to get tickets last week and then just got busy with this and that. But um, I'm going to try to go see it in the next week or so, I it, think. It's, so. it's really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm... My girlfriend, she's going to Seattle in the morning, and so I'm taking her to the airport. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going again. <laughs> I'm gonna be at home by myself. I'm nice. I'm I'm actually really really shocked that you enjoyed it as much as you said you did because you were like shitting on it for months and saying how <laughs> like not excited you were, how like right you know you were just not like pumped for this at all. And I expected you to half like walk out of it and say like. God, that was no one's worst. Um, so I'm I'm actually really surprised that you uh, enjoyed it as much as you did. 
You should be excited because nobody is talking about this movie, so nobody really knows what it's about um, in a lot of ways. And, I mean, some of the action is, like, the best I've ever seen Nolan do. Nice. Yeah, it was amazing. There's some shit in there that is is really cool. Um, I, I think you'll be able to follow the movie. People are like, well, it makes no sense. But... I think um, I think you'll really enjoy what everything is, um, and I don't know. I don't want to give anything away. Just kind of roll with it. It's it's a cool movie, and I think it's really relevant for our times. And I, I don't know. So that's pretty much my impromptu Sunday afternoon. I miss the um, I miss the Dallas Cowboys game, but I guess that's okay because I'm kind of taking um, a break from all that. It's very time consuming, which is tenant is as long as a football game. So. Um, I, uh, I, I liked it a lot. It was fun. Going to the movies is really depressing. Um, and I didn't really feel like I was at risk to be honest with you. <laughs> so we'll have to get an episode of that. Um, or at least talk about it and do like a mini yeah. review of it when we all get to see it. Um, I've been watching a ton of Netflix, which is, I guess the exact opposite. Uh, and I feel like more stuff comes out than I can watch even though I'm at home all day. Um, I got halfway through devil all the time. Oh, and cool. my wife does not enjoy dramas. Um, so I, I got to finish it by myself later. She's like, this is the most boring movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Cause it really is just a, yeah. you know, a period piece drama with some sprinkled in, um, action. So we got halfway through that, which is nice. Uh, I started Shit's Creek, which Ooh. I remember you guys talked oh, about a ton God. and I think we started it and got like eight episodes in the first, the first night. Cause they're like 15 minutes. So that was good. And then I also started the Umbrella Academy too, another oh, cool. ne- Netflix show. I heard a lot of good things about and it's pretty nuts enjoying it so far. What and, um, no, what I want to ask you real quick about the Umbrella Academy is does it take a long time to build? Because the show looks cool. Uh, not really. Um, I mean, just the, the quick premise of it, which you probably see on the trailer, is the world's going to end and there's this you know, group of superheroes that are similar to the X-Men that are all kind of fucked up and broken up and apart and they need to kind of come back together as a family and you know, save things. So they got some you know, drama points going on and some cool powers and really cool uh, story and cinematography. So I don't think it takes too long to get in it. Um, last thing I had watched on Netflix was the uh, new Babysitter movie, The Killer <laughs> Queen. Yes. <laughs> And Babysitter 1 was borderline bad, but it was like, you know, at least some fun with it. This one, they just kind of went all in with the, um, the sh- like, I don't even know what you want to call it. Just schlock? Compl- yeah, but even beyond schlock, it's like the characters are purposely like the worst, most horribly acted, lame just thing. And I guess it kind of works because that's what they're going for, but um, definitely has the audience, but I wasn't the, the biggest fan of that one. No, I actually saw it too, um, and I uh, I really didn't uh, have very high um, expectations for it because when they announced um, that um, uh, what's her name um, um, Samara Weaving wasn't going to be in the sequel, I was immediately out because like everything that she's in these days, I'm like all over, um, you know, ready or not. And you know, all that, but, uh, she's what kept the first movie together with, with yeah, her performance. Exactly. Exactly. And so when they, and then that, she got famous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She got famous. So, uh, of course she's, she's out of the, of the sequel, but, uh, no, I, uh, I watched it too. And it, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's, it's about as good as a Mick G movie can be, I guess, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do worse. Uh, it's 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 funny, and uh, I can't stand Bella Thorne. So you know, whenever she's on screen, I kind of just roll my eyes. But uh, other than that, what about, uh, what about King King Bach? Yeah, yeah. Um, they just went with the thing to put as many like uh, influencers as they could on it, and assumed that their followers would watch the the movies. Because I think he's got like 20 million Instagram followers, and then you know Bella Thorne's probably got just as many. So. <laughs> Yeah, these are all like these are all like social media people on this in this movie, isn't it? Like social media influencers mm-hmm. that aren't yeah, really actors. Yep. That's annoying. And they have and they make it like this high school story, but they do it like completely over the top dramatic. Like the the first one they think he made everything up and he's got this girl she likes and her boyfriend is seriously beyond a caricature even. So Check it out if you're bored, but I, uh, I don't think I'll ever be me. that bored. I, I just don't. <laughs> I, I can't. I guess people have seen this movie and these movies, but I remember a few weeks ago, Max was like, we could watch that. And I was like, dude, no, because I'd have to watch the first one, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and honestly, I'm I'm, I'm kind of drawing the line with influencers and like Instagram stars, like jumping onto like mass media, because like I think it was last week they announced that this random like instagram personality was going to be starring in a she's all that uh remake and i was just like no bro like i'm 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 out like you can't you can't do that like especially with like someone who isn't you know like a, an, an actual actor like I'm, social I'm media is ruin, ruining the world they they probably brought that to the studio with that she's got 50 million followers so we know we're at least gonna have 50 million fans even if it's horrible well, yeah, we're in our 30s now, and it seems like we're getting older. <laughs> you think? Yep. If we don't yep. care about Instagram personalities and movies, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that'll do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we were talking off mic. There is something good coming on Netflix, and got some new news on that today. And that's oh. the haunting of Bly Manor. Yes, that might be the only uh, Halloween treat that we get. Uh, this year as far as like any uh new release of 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 scary like content at all um yeah i i absolutely loved uh haunting of hill house like my wife who's not a scary movie fan as well and me watched the entire series uh, same here and we and we couldn't stop watching it um we were just engrossed in it and uh, you know, Mike Flanagan, you know, does what he does. Uh, I just love everything that he releases these days. So, um, yeah, I can't, can't wait for this. So uh, is it like, a, do y'all have any idea? So it's a completely new story, but with the same actors. So it's like American Horror Story kind of vibe, but probably. Exact, I watched a quick trailer uh, of it. Same exact uh, cast. Uh, they're playing different characters. Like that's kind of like it's yeah, it's kind of like an American Horror Story type thing where like every season uh, yeah. is, is going to be different. Um, that's cool, but I don't like that. I, don't, I liked the first season of American Horror Story, but I don't really like Ryan Murphy's uh, vibe at all. So I don't either. Yeah, yeah I kind of went off the wagon on that. I was like trying to like as many of them as it went along, and each one I'd watch the first one and be excited, and then like as it got along, I just pretty much watched the first episode and was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, last one I saw was Lady um, Gaga. Yeah, but. Um, but the Haunting of Bly Manor, though, I got the synopsis here. It's a young governess hired by a man to look after his niece and nephew at the family's country house after they fall into his care. Um, after arriving at the Bly estate, she begins to see apparitions that proceed to haunt the premises. So kind of cool. Another, you know, big haunted house movie with uh, 
same cast, which are amazing. And hopefully the, um, Oh, I guess who does the cinematography on the first one? I don't know if they tell you if it's TV shows, but that was fucking amazing. That was better than most horror movies. The cinematography. Oh yeah. So I want, I want to know if Mike Flanagan is directing all of these. Did he direct all the first season or most of them? He did. I believe so. It looks like he would have had the time. What's teleplay by Wikipedia says it's different people from teleplay by, but I don't know if that means. Well, that's like screenplay, but for television. Okay. Well, it looks like he did the first, uh, first episode and then other people are doing other ones. I don't know if that means they're directing episodes or what, but yeah, he knocked the last one out of the park. I'm, I'm actually pretty sure that he actually did direct all of them. Cause I'm actually looking <laughs> through all of the episodes right now. And, um, he is the director on each episode. So the old so ones or the new ones, the, the old ones. Um, Oh yeah. I was looking at the new ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we'll just have to see. I mean, I know he directed the pilot, but I mean that it hasn't even aired yet. So that stuff probably hasn't even been released. I mean, I, I get press stuff from Netflix, so I mean, I can look into it and see, but, um, it looks like I, Netflix on the 9th of October, supposedly, unless Wikipedia is wrong, but I guess we'll have dude, to sneak that in with all of our Halloween movies to, to throw a, I know there's going to be, there's going to be no time. And as much as like, I do like watching stuff on Netflix, I, I always feel sad that my Blu-rays are just sitting in my guest room by themselves as I'm watching stuff on Netflix. <laughs> So I feel like I need to give them some attention every night. Absolutely. Um, I know. Who's going to watch the 4K New York Ripper copy if it just sits on that shelf? <laughs> I know. I know. Do you have you have that, right? <laughs> yeah. I got That's that nice. in the uh, house, house by the Cemetery, and I haven't seen them yet uh, in the 4K one. The Blu-ray one already blew my mind, so it'll be interesting oh, to see. The, the stacks just get huger and huger. I got so many screeners today, so I'm excited to... To see what then, uh, is, well, I just I just feel stressed out with all these movies to watch. Is all I'm saying. I know. I just gotta. Yeah, I'm the same way. I get stacked up on it and then work, and then I'm what like, a problem. Well, well, I know. I guess what I'll a send the. Have. I guess I'll send the reviews a month later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for a little taste of things to come, uh, me and Max uh, actually gathered. Uh, earlier this week and uh, had a double feature of uh, Halloween 1 and 2. Obviously, we're not going to get into crazy detail about that because we'll be releasing new episodes uh, weekly uh, all of October. But, uh, man, I absolutely love watching uh, those two back-to-back. They just – they play so well, uh, you know, together uh, all in, you know, one big movie. But yeah, that was awesome. Just a nice little uh, three hour long movie. And it's going to be fun to talk about all those. Yeah, we're going to split it up into segments so we can get um, kind of it's kind of hard to do your, you know, choose your own story review for each of them because they all kind of combine. But we're doing a pretty good job splitting it up so you guys can have something weekly to uh, listen to, including the um, couple funny episodes. I think one's going to have H2O and uh, Resurrection and one's going to have the zombie film. So. We'll see how those go. I I might be absent uh, the second part of the H two O resurrection yeah. episode because I just <laughs> I I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> to Trick be totally or treat. honest with you. God. <laughs> well, Dude, should we get into the? I I don't know. Really if I can we... do it. I mean, okay, let's not do it. We're gonna get into a, a hole here. We should talk about um, some more Carpenter. We should. Let's do it. Let's do it. 11.55, almost midnight. 
Enough time for one more story. One more story before 12. Just to keep us warm. In five minutes, it'll be the 21st of April. 100 years ago, on the 21st of April, out on the waters around Spivey Point, a small clipper ship drew toward land. Suddenly, out of the night, the fog rolled in. For a moment, they could see nothing, not a foot ahead of them. And then they saw a light. My God, it was a fire burning on the shore, strong enough to penetrate the swirling mist. They steered a course toward the light, but it was a campfire like this one. The ship crashed against the rocks. The hull sheared in two. The mast snapped like a twig, and the wreckage sank the men aboard. And on the bottom of the sea lay the Elizabeth Dane with her crew, their lungs filled with salt water, their eyes open and staring into the darkness. And above, as suddenly as it had come, the fog lifted, receded back across the ocean and never came again. But it is told by the fishermen and their fathers and grandfathers that when the fog returns to Antonio Bay, the men at the bottom of the sea, out in the water by Spivey Point, will rise up and search for the campfire that led them to their dark and icy death. First of April. Well, I was going to say, how underrated is this movie? I mean, when did you guys see this? The Fog. Late. Uh, I watched it in high school. Um, I started getting on a carpenter kick uh, in high school and started watching like some of the movies that I had never seen, like Christine uh and and the fog and like um um you know the thing and, and and stuff like that i had i had mostly only stuck to you know his 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 big ones uh you know halloween and uh randomly watch like vampires i think when i was uh you know growing up and 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 stuff but <clears throat> i had never really dove into his like deeper filmography and so uh i watched the fog in high school um thought it was kind of boring when I first saw it just because you know my high school mind like didn't know what to think of it but uh over the years I have uh definitely uh gotten more of a fondness for it uh you know time after time of 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 watching it I watched the remake before I saw the original so that's how long it took me to get there (laughs) (laughs) wow so so your expectations were very low going into the original then 
Yeah, I probably when I saw the remake, uh, I was you know in high school, so I don't even know if I knew you know that the fog existed. I got into horror a little bit later, is probably the you know my second half of uh, of high school, and I got into the Carpenter kit kind of like you got, but it was more like uh, maybe five or six years ago where I wanted to you know watch everything that he had, and obviously Jamie Lee Curtis being in it was a big draw too, and. Um, I think we talked about it off mic a little bit, but a whole little Halloween, um, you know, Halloween crew making a new movie together. Well, um, I I think this was maybe uh, one of the first movies I've ever watched with my parents. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm jo- I'm joking. That would be like so traumatized. Oh, shit. <laughs> but I, w- I was thinking that in my head, so I was like... No, anyway, I was about no. to ask, like, were you five when you watched it? Like, like, what the hell? Could you fucking imagine that shit? No, this movie, it, it's definitely one that has to grow on you. Like, that is 100% true. You have to, like, kind of think about it and just kind of... Because, not to sound just, like, buzzy and Instagrammy, but it has a whole vibe to it. That mo- This movie's like a whole mood. And that's what I really love about it. I mean, the radio stuff in it mixed with the actual effects of the fog and the acting and everything in it, the score. We were texting last night. We were talking about the score. Um, it, it's working on so many levels that I don't think people really appreciate. And I think it's actually genuinely pretty scary. Um, I was pretty, uh, you know, not, I mean, I wasn't like, oh God, I got, uh, baby, we got to put the nightlight on tonight at bed or anything <laughs> like that. But I mean, like you're watching it and it's suspenseful in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and there's, there's some funny scenes I want to talk about one in particular that I actually thought was funny and suspenseful, but, um, I, I loved it. I loved it. And, um, sadly Tyler's right about Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. No, um, I, I actually brought it up last night. Like, you know, I, I love me some Jamie Lee Curtis. Like she is the scream queen, but my God, like she is so underutilized in this film. Like she really doesn't serve a purpose other than to sleep with Tom Atkins and basically follow him around like a puppy dog. Uh, you think she was an afterthought just to get another big name in there when they were writing this? They got Janet Lee, so maybe they were like, hey, let's get Jamie Lee Curtis or vice versa. I don't know, because you're, I mean, like he, he meets her. He could have just followed Tom Atkins around the whole time, right? He could be driving, windows could blow out. He could hear a knock at the door and get there late. He could go try to find his, uh, you know, the guys who are on the fishing boat, like all these things could have easily happened without her there. She really just follows him around the entire time. Well, I think that it's because they, um, with all the, I mean, she really makes him a little more sympathetic and she makes him like a more, she validates him to the audience, I think, because people already know Jamie Lee Curtis and like, oh, wow, she's a very young, sexy, cool actress. And then people who are watching it now are like, oh, cool, Jamie Lee Curtis, rather than this big lumbering uh, jughead of a guy, Tom Atkins, who's fantastic in the movie. As Nick Castle represent, oh yeah, but a little, uh, a Halloween reference there for you. Hell yeah, Halloween reference. Uh, it's so cool, um, but he, I, I think it validates him. So I, I, I think I think it works. And with her, you get a couple good moments, a couple good scares. Um, with her, I think two good moments that are suspenseful. And without her in it, you wouldn't be able to do those things. So I think, you know, like sure, you can criticize the screenplay for her appearance in the movie but i'm gonna defend it a little bit just because i i did enjoy those moments and because of and it elevates tom atkins's character um it is funny how like they're in the bar and janet lee comes in and then she leaves and then tom atkins just asks her hey do you want to go here to investigate this boat or whatever and it's just like you're like i'd be like no i don't but 
I, I think maybe she's just adventurous, or maybe she really likes him. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. We let's uh, let's rewind a little bit and kick off the the plot for those who haven't seen this. Um, it's a story about Antonio Bay, which you kind of get the. I think this is the best way to do, um, you know, a backstory. Like a lot of people who maybe aren't as good of directors or screenwriters would have put like something over the text, like some black black background with white words explaining what happened. But instead, we get like the world's coolest three minute ghost story about the history of Antonio Bay and how um, there are these founders who sank a clipper ship and. Um, get kind of kicked off there and you don't really tie it together until maybe like 20, 30 minutes into the movie. But it's, um, I guess, what do you want to call these things? Fog, fog zombies. They're, they're, they're ancient mariner ghosts. There we go. Is the, is the, is the correct phrasing for it. Um, You don't like fog zombies. (laughs) I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the fun, you know, description for it. But yeah, ancient ancient mariner ghost is uh, is what I've heard in the past. Yeah, and it's the hundredth anniversary, and so they're back to, you know, get to the bottom of, um, you know, who wrecked their ship and and uh, wreak havoc on the town, and that's kind of where the story goes, and everything plays out from there. And obviously, besides the two main characters we talked about, Stevie Wayne, played by Adrian Barbeau, is a radio DJ that kind of wraps things around in one of the coolest ways I've ever seen in a movie. Yes, hell yeah, yeah, man. She, uh, she, her voice. Uh, is is golden you know she really does have like a radio voice um so I, I i definitely know why they cast her no she's she's awesome in the movie uh she kind of you know kind of you know directs you know where everything is going you know kind of is the one who you know kind of you know uh tells the characters you know where to go and where to not go and you know kind of steers them away from the danger and you know, is, is, is kind of the central driving force, like, you know, of where this fog is going and, and where it's, uh, you know, going to end up. And it eventually, uh, you know, gets at, at her door, uh, at her lighthouse radio, uh, radio studio. Um, but yeah, she's awesome. Uh, and then a couple of other random characters, uh, you got Janet Lee, uh, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis's, uh, famous mother, famous for psycho. Uh, you have Nancy Loomis, uh, who also, uh, starred alongside Jamie Lee in the first Halloween. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and Hal then Holbrook. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, come on, don't Hal, forget. Yeah. Hal Holbrook and, uh, Charles Cyphers who played, uh, Sheriff Lee Brackett, uh, in Halloween as well. So we really do have like a, a true Halloween, like, you know, reunion here, uh, you know, two years after it was released. Um, you know, with basically the same crew, same, uh, you know, uh, same cinematographer, same actor. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and don't forget the awesome uh, cameo by John Carpenter at the beginning yeah. as the uh, the church helper. <laughs> so weird. He's looked so strange for so long. He actually mm-hmm. looks more normal now than he did in these movies. He just looks so crazy. Uh, his hair. You would never just, guess if you saw the set, who the director was that opened right. him of picking right. out the bunch. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I, I, you know, I thought how Holbrook is really good too, though. He, he has that really good scene with Nancy Loomis and uh, Janet Lee where he's just like scared shitless and he's like laying it down for everybody. And he, um, I love him because I love Creepshow and um, this movie Into the Wild that he did with Emil Hurst, the Sean Penn movie. He like 
made me cry in that movie. He's this old man. Anyway, he's just a really good actor. And I think that this movie is really like, propped up by a lot of that. I, I don't think that people really... I don't know, man. It, it, it's, it's interesting, this movie, because I guess it's the script, and it's it, there's something to it that really kind of brings some gravitas to this kind of schlocky stuff. Um, all that stuff with the radio, I mean, it, it really, you get little bites of it, and it kind of feels like, you remember like watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where you like hear mm-hmm. all the little radio bits and stuff like that? This is like that, and it's, it's, it's ingenious, and it's really, um, it's just really cool. It just puts you in the mood just to chill. Like, I it love really, that. It, it, it's it really a really does. peaceful movie. It's, it's an awesome, awesome movie to put on. Um, and just relax. You, you, you hit the nail on the head with that, with the the vibe that it is. Yeah. I think this is my most rewatched Carpenter film, uh, besides Halloween. And I probably, like I said, I just kind of caught wind of it and picked it up just you know a few years back and saw it for the first time six years ago. But I'll just be randomly hanging out at my house and be like, "Fuck, I just want to watch the fog right now. Just no reason at all. Just throw it on." And so you definitely are right on that. Um, you know how there's some movies to where like uh, you can't watch it like if the sun is shining bright outside like it's a perfectly nice day like um i can't watch this movie unless it's like overcast and dreary and rainy or if it's like late at night because like this movie plays so well like if the if the elements outside you know kind of match uh you know the tone and, and and vibe that it's going for like i i don't know if 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 you guys are the same and just love watching, you know, movies like this just on, on, on days that, you know, kind of represent like the fog, you know, it's a, it's a very moody and, and dreary film. And so I like to, I like to match my elements, you know, whenever I watch it for sure. No, that's definitely a good, good point and cool uh, way to watch it. And just the setting of it um, with the lighthouse, which is actually, um, there's a real lighthouse point raised lighthouse, um, where they shot it. And there's so many cool scenes in this I think She's driving either to or from the studio one time, um, where she has her studio inside the lighthouse and then just all of this green Hills with the beach in the background. Um, really cool location, but yeah, it's definitely best seen on, you know, either night at worst case scenario and best case scenario overcast or possibly even fog <laughs> or a huge TV or projector. Like that's a way to see it because yep. like, you're, you're talking about those Hills, like where her lighthouse sits, like she's like going, there's this huge like stair bank that she, that she goes on to. And like, Carpenter sit he puts the camera because Dean Cundy did the cinematography for this movie and where they put the where they put the camera you can like see this whole bay and you can see like the whole scope of the lighthouse and you're like holy shit this is really cool she really can direct the whole town and watch over the whole town from this and um, I don't know man I, I, that cool character what's her name Stevie Wayne and that her name Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Badass name for one, like amazing name, Stevie Wayne. Um, this has to be like the touch of Deborah Hill in the movie because I was on the Blu-ray. Um, if you guys have it, there's some really cool uh, interviews, just like past interviews of them on talk shows and TV spots and stuff. But uh, Deborah Hill in them, she her interviews are really interesting. She is a really cool, articulate person, but. And I and you kind of see little bits of that in these characters. Like that's what I was thinking about after this movie. I was like, oh, okay, I see now how all these like these women in these movies are so iconic and so cool and so just like effortlessly badass in a way. And so I, I think that Stevie Wayne is 
pretty amazing. Does she like go to cons or anything like that? Are nerds really about like Stevie Wayne, like they are like Laurie Strode? I don't. I don't think so. But uh, harder to dress up as. Yeah, for sure. But. I mean, she she really is like the the star of the movie. Like, I know that sure. you know Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, a, a lot of times gets top billing uh, in this movie. You know, because her star was, you know, higher than it ever was. But uh, man, she is she is the MVP uh, of this movie. Um, in in my opinion, like she just conveys uh, just such like a, a fear that you know because she's the only one that's seeing this fog roll in. She's the first one that knows like, you know, the whole town is in danger and she really does a great job of conveying of, you know, just like hysteria that like, you know, everyone in this town is going to die unless they do something. Uh, and, and she does it with just uh, a lot of grace and, and, and style really. Um, totally. And uh, I, I I really dig her character a lot. Those those um, semen they like hit on her too throughout the whole movie. <laughs> oh it's, yeah, she's back and forth with the weather guy. The and, weather guy and the guys on the phone are like, oh, have you seen her in person? Oh man, you know I I, I my marriage isn't that great. That sort of stuff. Well, uh-huh. well, well. To be fair, her her quote unquote radio voice is is very nice. <laughs> well, it is. It is. It's just funny. Like, of course they would put that into this movie. But like, and they weave it in with the weatherman. That's the scene I wanted to like talk about. But um, we can we can get to that in a second if you guys had something else to say. Uh, I was to say two things about what you guys said. One about Deborah Hill. I think on the Blu-ray, Jamie Lee Curtis has an interview, and they talk about how John Carpenter was um, falling out with Deborah Hill, who was his longtime girlfriend, and moved on over to the uh, the star of the show here, Adrian Barbeau. So that's kind of a funny backstory to it. And imagine the set that they have there, where you know your co-producer and co-writer is with you there, and you. Know, directing your your new flame so um there's that and then obviously dean cundy um for those who don't kind of follow carpenter maybe may not into movies enough to know who cinematographers are for each movie or directors of photography he has like one of the most prolific uh works like how many movies and how many different films he were in apollo 13 jurassic park hook back to the future two and three um all of john carpenter's best stuff um it's just insane how many i think he still has 101 credits he's got five films in uh in post-production now and you know i guess past 2000 2005 most of his stuff has been a little out there i think he did jack and jill and scooby-doo spy next door um did garfield so maybe not so hot after 2000 but before 2000 <laughs> I guess just wants to make some money. He did his artwork, and now he's just trying to cash some checks. I guess. Well, I, it's wonder. It's a wonder that these cinematographers still don't get like great work. But I guess it kind of has to do with like the directors that they know. I mean, there's not yeah. many. Cine- I mean, Deacons has been. You know, he's like the coolest one. But like, oh yeah. The, I, I think it's because a lot of the directors who are directing movies they aren't past like 50, 60 years old. I mean, unless you're like Scorsese, but like most directors get yep. their best stuff out. You know, in their thirties, forties, fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so. just look at Carpenter. He's only released three movies in the last like twenty something years. So I mean, oh, it's probably for know. the best. Sadly, it is. Yeah. It is. It is for the best for sure. But <laughs> uh, but no, um, I uh, I would love to talk about the score.
because, uh, you know, Carpenter is always known, you know, for his, you know, synthesizer scores uh, in all his films. Uh, but I think this might be my favorite Carpenter score. Um, there is just a total sense of foreboding every time, like, the main score plays. There's, like, a big kind of, like, booming noise, uh, you know, that, that, that plays along with it. And it kind of takes you like out of it for a second, because like you hear it and you're just like, Oh my God, like that's, uh, you know, that it's, it's really intense, you know, when it starts playing and it totally fits the vibe of this, of this ghost story, because, uh, you know, a lot of what Carpenter did, you know, was a lot of slasher stuff and a lot of, you know, kind of, you know, supernatural, you know, and, and action stuff. But this is kind of like his first true ghost story. And I feel like the score just totally accompanies it perfectly. Uh, it's the perfect balance of, you know, horror and, you know, dramatic and, you know, suspense and, um, and yeah, um, it's, it's definitely my favorite Carpenter score by far. I'll, I'll agree with you there. It's, um, you know, Halloween obviously is iconic, but when you listen to the whole thing, it's all kind of, you know, you've obviously heard it a ton one and it's all kind of based on just the initial original score and little bits and pieces different than that. But this is my most listened to of his score. Um, and they also just put out a brand new, um, vinyl from waxwork records. Um, it's coming out this fall with it. And I picked that up, even though I don't listen to a ton of records. I like having some of his stuff on there to actually sit through and listen to the whole thing. I was thinking about that part of the Halloween score. That's like, it's gotta be the Halloween movies. It was like, is that the Halloween movies where, where it, it's kind of like the, you know what I'm thinking? Like, like when he like, like emerges from the shadows. Yeah. 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 He really did that up on the new, uh, the 2018 Halloween one too. They like oh took that God. to the nth degree. When you see Michael Myers, that thing cranks up. That's the best Halloween yet. Yeah. But uh, score. Or? <laughs> oh, f- Halloween film. Of course. Uh, well, that's what it said on the trailers. Well, hey, I got good news for you. The next two are going to be even better than the the best ones yet. <laughs> they'll be they'll be cool. We have to wait a long ass time. We would we would be getting that in like three weeks. Uh, I know. After we just had seen so many countless other movies that I don't even want to list because it makes me depressed. <sighs> we would have a Quiet Place two on Blu-ray at home. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, we would have yeah. already reviewed it. Uh, Candyman would be in the pipeline. Um, yeah, we'd have that. Um, Instead, we get Antebellum. Which I heard is garbage. I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not paying $20 to, to watch that. I'm going to wait until it comes out on HBO Max or something because it has god-awful reviews. And god I'm awful. all for jumping into something, but that 20 bucks is too much to get burned by for me. I know. Imagine the cool a cool Blu-ray you could buy instead. <laughs> exactly. But, but anyway, no, the fog. I, hold on. I want to talk about this weatherman guy. Okay. <laughs> Back to the fog. Um, so y'all remember the horny weatherman? He's like driving there to cover a shift that he doesn't need to be at. The guy is telling him, you know, you don't have to be here right now. All right, fine. I'm going to go get laid and get some fast food or something like that. <laughs> and so he's like there and he's like calling Stevie Wayne up and he's like making like really, it's just lame passes at her. Very cheesy. 
very cheesy guy, and he just wants to talk to her. He's clueless, and the fog is rolling in, and he's none the wiser. He's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I, you know, oh, it's some kids, it's some kids. And then he gets killed. So m what I want to think of is, so if you don't not if you don't answer the door, you still get killed, right? I mean, not yeah, unless because, you're Tom Atkins. Yeah, because you know they attacked uh, Stevie's kid, and right. you know he he hid in the bedroom, and they eventually found their way in. Um, and they killed his babysitter. <laughs> yeah, the well, the old yeah. babysitter that just no no uh, no contempt at all uh, that's the kind but, of babysitter uh, film I want to see I know um, but uh, let's talk about the actual like fog effects for a second because like um, I think it's really interesting you know how Carpenter did it because you know the fog whenever it it, it appears on screen it's very bright like there's this kind of white light that kind of you know shines throughout it and you know you would think that, you know, a movie about killer fog, uh, you know, would be very dark and dreary, you know, kind of the way fog is. But he kind of makes it, you know, more supernatural, uh, you know, with kind of how it rolls in, you know, from the sea and starts covering the town. But um, I've, I've always appreciated, I guess, just the look, uh, you know, that he was trying to, you know, bring to the effects, you know, with this fog rolling in. It does give it that ghostly presence um and and i've always dug that um for sure yeah it's awesome when it comes over the horizon and then when you see the shadow of the elizabeth dane um when when you're out with the sailors is really cool i also like the the opening kind of intro with the credits where um you're at the convenience store and it you know starts shaking all the lights and making all the car alarms go off and it's really cool scenes they literally made it a character and obviously in 1980 you're not doing cgi for this so i can't imagine the countless hours and fans they had trying to get enough fog to show up on camera and actually make it look look nice where uh, you know you can do a little bit in post-production like i think they did on the horizon where they added some light to it but they did a really good job with the fog for sure yeah and this film actually had like a one million dollar budget which is crazy cheap um and they actually did some great great stuff with what they were you know given so um you know i'm i'm definitely uh, impressed uh and then the actual ghosts uh, you know that show up man carpenter shoots them so well um there's just something about a black silhouette that just like i don't know in just in in every movie that you like see that it's just it's so off-putting and just instills such dread uh you know when you can't see anything but an outline like of you know a killer or a ghost or something like that like it's it's super frightening uh and and definitely uh works in this film uh you know whenever they appear yeah i mean they he, he shoots them in a way that's kind of like distant and cold like we all have fog backgrounds mine of course being the best of tom welling um but <laughs> I'm looking at Max's background and I'm like thinking of uh, how in the movie, if you've ever seen it or if you're listening to this, if you're not driving, um, Google image search. But he like does these kind of like wide shots with it and kind of keeps it at about like waist level, the camera. So you're almost kind of like look looking out towards them, but there's like a slight angle up that kind of makes them like look gangly and scary. And on top of that, they look like they could just wait there forever. Like they don't give a shit, especially the guys in the background. 
you know, and that's, yeah, that's really cool. I feel like it'd be really easy to screw up too. I think if they would have made them like uh, more colorful or pirates or not done the silhouette, it would have definitely taken away from the film. So definitely a good call there. Um, I don't know what else you guys want to get into. It would have been like Pirates of the Caribbean. It'd be like Pirates of the Caribbean. If they did. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. They would I want to talk about like... the climax too, because that is the, the best part of the movie. I think, I don't know if we need to say spoilers because if someone's listening to For this, 40 year old either... movie. <laughs> um, but as the movie goes along, obviously fog takes people out, you know, things start to happen um, there. And then we get this kind of dual climax where the um, fog makes its way to Stevie Wayne and her lighthouse at the same time, it's making its way to the church where all of our main characters are. Um, here, I guess a little spoiler here. So if you really care, skip ahead a few seconds. But um, the church and the founders pretty much made them crash to steal their money to start the town. And so um, they're going there because I think, I don't know if they have his gold there, if he just has the journal. But um, he has the big gold cross. And there's just some really cool scenes um, with that and a great finale. So, I mean, you just can't get much better than that. It kind of ties the whole movie together and puts it out in such a great way at the end where, um, you know, the, the spirits go back to where they came from right at the perfect moment for Stevie Wayne. Yeah. Um, and you were kind of talking earlier about how, you know, how, how Holbrook's character kind of, you know, sets up the mythology, like, you know, of these ghosts and, you know, why they're here and, you know, basically why they're attacking everybody. But, man, like you really do feel bad about the character because he's literally, you know, uh, being sacrificed for, you know, what his grandfather and, you know, other townspeople did a hundred years ago. And, you know, he's, he's just an innocent bystander along with everyone else. And it, 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 it sucks that he's the one that kind of has to pay the price, uh, you know, for, for everybody's misdeeds, but, uh, he, he really does a good job with kind of, you know, uh, you know, concluding the film and, you know, of, of course we get that famous fake out, uh, at the end, which is always uh, a cool moment as well. Yeah. The cross scenes are really cool lighting too, where they light that puppy up and you have the fog there and, you know, seeing if they're just going to take the cross or what's going to happen. But yeah, the whole backstory of the founders of Antonio Bay sinking the ship. So, they don't have to have the leper colony set up and so they can take all of the all of the riches pretty damn messed up colonialism man it's fucked up you know we're paying for <laughs> we're paying for uh centuries of murder and pillaging and it's it's awful i think it's kind of what this movie's about in a way so it's cool i could see that how, how about that scene where stevie gets all the way to the top of the lighthouse too fighting off the the fog and um and the ghosts and right when she's right about to get taken is when uh when they vanish with the um with the cross yeah for sure um but uh i do have to say just one little gripe that i have uh about the movie and i think this was more of when i first saw it um it does take a while to get going and 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 where it, it, it kind of hits its stride like i don't i don't think we get into the true meat and action like of the movie until it's about 20 to 25 minutes away from being over with and i think that was one of the main gripes that i had you know when i saw it you know in in high school was like you know it's a it's a lot of setup which i don't necessarily mind these days but uh you know back then um 
you know, I wanted these, you know, things to get going and, you know, start covering the town and, and fog, you know, but, uh, you know, that was just my one little, you know, gripe about the film. Well, that's kind of Carpenter. Right. That's Carpenter's movies in general, though. They take a while. Like, They yeah. Live, it takes a while. The Thing, yeah. of course, takes a while. A lot of his stuff kind of takes a while to build. Yeah. Prince of yeah. It's all about that atmosphere. Totally. Yeah, he, he definitely likes to set it up, um, you know, and kind of just set up all the exposition behind it and, you know, introduce you to every single character, background, secondary, you know, everybody. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. And and plus we get to listen to Adrian Barbo's voice, you know, throughout the full first half of the movie, which is fine. And have that great connection with uh, Tom Atkins in uh, JLC where he picks her up hitchhiking, the windows blow out, they kind of like shrug it off, go home, bone, and then we, we cut to them and he goes, oh, what, what's your name? Right. Like, a- after everything's done and they purposely really put it in there that way and we almost get a scene there with uh you know with some fog i guess they have the fishermen getting taken out which is a little bit to, to hold us over and then there's almost a incident there but yeah you're right after that it's you know a good solid 20 30 minutes before we really get into the uh six must die on the wood and it bursting into flames kind of kicking everything off there yeah and and for a carpenter film this it, it really does have a very low body count. Like only, I think it, it's the three sailors, uh, Charles Cypher's, you know, weatherman character, the old babysitter and uh, the priest. And, and I think that's it. Um, so, um, which I mean, I don't think you need uh, a lot of casualties in this film. Like I, I think the atmosphere and, you know, foreboding fog do, you know, all of that for you. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought there'd be more, uh, more mass hysteria and more, uh, you know, more, more violence, uh, you know, in the film itself. Let me see. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But I I think uh, budget wise with a million dollars, they kind of have, you know, maybe a hundred, a hundred people at one point with the celebration of the town. But other than that, we're just following the, you know, these five or six people around to to all the different um, locations and scenes. And like, you know, I, I know that a lot of times we talk about how awesome Tom Atkins is, but like, man, he is just such an every man, like an every man's man, <laughs> like, you know, picks up a hitchhiker and then bangs her five minutes later, like, you know, and, and really kind of takes the lead, you know, whenever, you know, all the, all the hysteria is, is going on. Um, and, and that's just him, man. Like in, in every film that he was in throughout the eighties, whether it be Halloween three or, um, what was it? Night of the, uh, Night creeps. Of the creeps. Yeah. 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 Night of the creeps. Uh, just, he is, uh, he's the ultimate eighties, you know, uh, hokey hero. And I, I, I love him in, in every movie that he's in like that. What's man, your favorite? I really watch Night of the creeps right now, man. I, I just put a bit on that on eBay uh, earlier today. So I'm hoping to check. Oh, how much is it going for with the man, slip? It's like 30, 40 bucks. Something like that. Okay. Cause I, I got that one. Uh, on release when it came out. I didn't get the one little Tom Atkins character, but yeah, I like that one. <laughs> oh, right. The NECA, the NECA, <laughs> it's got uh, a beer and a shotgun. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. He's great in that movie. I think, I mean, I, I shit on this movie, but I do appreciate it. He's his best, you know, big eighties one has got to be probably Halloween three though. He's so good. <laughs> the ending. I'm Is excited to talk about out? that one. We're actually yeah, going to re- release that one on the the weekend of Halloween, so be on the lookout for that one. Oh, 
Yeah, it, it, it would be really easy to lump that in with one and two, but I feel like that kind of needs its own little conclusion, uh, you know, at the end of our, our, our breakdown, uh, for sure. Yeah. Cause besides one, two, the new one, um, and four, I mean, that is most obviously Halloween it being Halloween, but really just encapsulates the vibe. And I think it's one that probably people don't watch a ton on Halloween. Actually, they just go to the original or the Michael Myers, but it's a great movie to actually watch right in the Halloween season to get you into it. Nothing better than Halloween masks turning kids faces and heads into <laughs> snakes and animals and brains. It really is a fucked up concept, like like way more fucked up than any of the other Halloween film concepts. Like, and I think that's why I've grown to love it so much. Um, and and yeah, that that ending, uh, I I still just love to this day. But we'll get more into that. Uh, yeah, there's there's your teaser. Yeah, for sure. And and plus we get uh, an excuse to play uh, the Silver Shamrock jingle. Oh, uh, that's Robin. my ringtone. <laughs> is it really mm-hmm. that in the seinfeld ringtone oh my nice. god seinfeld theme song yep 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 no. so the fog though i it, mean it was a good chill time i may just go watch it again right now do it we'll actually watch 2005 because i think the cinematography and acting is a little bit better oh uh, yeah you're right you're right i mean it's got Sto- a story too is cool yes, i like story. the part where they do the music video on the boat that's broken it's awesome Oh shit! Really? I think it's actually on HBO Max. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I was I was debating on whether to bring up 2005, whether y'all wanted to talk about it, but I figured uh-huh. the less said, the better. Um, yeah, Tom Welling doesn't have very good luck uh, with feature film. No, if you're debating watching it, just realize, yeah, DeRay Davis has a scene where he tries to do his own Girls Gone Wild on some shitty boat inside of, you know, in the bay, taking it out and filming it, and they get killed, and it's just horrible. (laughs) Yeah, just totally, totally uninspired. Uh, The twist at the end is stupid. Um, Yeah, avoid the 2005 version at all costs. Avoid it like the fog. Avoid it like the fog. Or like lepers. (laughs) Or lepers. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, I guess we've reached the end uh, of the episode. But, uh, man, I can't tell you how excited I am. Like, I I know we've talked about it. Like, I I feel like we might have talked about it more than the actual fog. But I am so looking forward to breaking down the Halloween series um, film by film. You know, obviously some are better than others. But, uh, man, I just have a fondness for every single film in that series. Like, it's it's what got me onto horror. So, um, yeah, can't can't wait. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I think, I mean, if you, you know, you guys may our, our consider our cre- horror credibility or, you know, not know what we watch. But I think between the three of us, probably we've seen – over a thousand hours of Halloween by all of the rewatches we have of these. So if you're looking for uh, experts, we're definitely going to take care of that and dive deep into everything you could want to know and more on that series. So it's definitely going to be a fun time and yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be really fun. Um, let's see. Do you guys want to let people know where they can follow you? Oh man. Yeah. You can follow me. Um, Man, I always have trouble with this because I come and go from social media, but you can follow me at uncut.films on uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find my reviews at Fresh Fiction right now, and you can uh, check out this uh, Hitchcock 
Blu-ray box set thing. Did I talk about that last time? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw your dude, review pop up too. That was awesome. Jeez, man. The days. I just, they start, like, I'm going to be like 80 next week. Like, it's like, what the hell? Um, I, so I'm trying to think what I did do then. Anyway, just follow me on um, on Instagram where I told you to, and you can check me out on Rotten Tomatoes. My name is James Clay. So check it, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Um, you can follow me uh, on Instagram uh, at the.shape.1978. Very fitting for what we're about to cover. But, uh, yeah, throwing on uh, whatever I'm enjoying at the moment, whatever uh, just tickles my fancy uh, at the current time. But, uh, yeah, give me a follow. All right, and you can uh, check us out on the show at Screamy, uh, Scream Cinema Pod, Scream Cinema Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and I also have my personal one at Screaming Cinema. So drop us a line, let us know what you think about the show. If you're on iTunes, please rate, review it. It always helps us, uh, you know, get some more listens in there and reach some more people. So always nice. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, and as a reminder, we'll be back uh, weekly starting next week, all throughout October. Uh, so subscribe and, uh, you know, join us next week and, uh, we can't wait. So until then, uh, we'll catch you next time.